Hey, 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 welcome everyone to the Psalms of My Emotions podcast. I am the host, your coach, your spiritual advisor, Relinda, and I wanted to welcome you to not just any podcast, but a podcast that is purposed to guide you through your healing journey. What is the Psalms of My Emotions? It's not necessarily the Psalms of My Emotions, even though I do use my testimony as a tool to guide you through your healing, but it is your Psalms of your emotions. I believe that after listening to these Jesus nuggets, as I call them, you will have a testimony that is music to God's ears. So let's hop right into this episode and let the healing begin. Hey, 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 welcome everyone to Emotion Monday. I'm so happy to be here tonight. (laughs) I'm so excited about this series, this Living Safe and Single series. Um, I've definitely, um, you know, God has been tugging at me to really just dive and to dig you know, more into relationship things and, you know, just to go off my experiences and everything. But before I jump in, just want to go ahead and give my disclaimer real quick. Um, This is Emotion Monday. If this is your first time listening or joining in live, Emotion, E is electronic, motion is movement. Um, God has released me to do this every Monday. Usually I'm on every Monday. Um, unless I take breaks or whatever. But um, this is basically just to give you a push, um, opportunity for me to drop some Jesus nuggets um, into your spirit, um, just to, you know, give you perspective. And and, uh, sometimes this may even give you confirmation on some things. So the hashtag is let the healing begin. So that's exactly what we're going to do. And I also want to... um, give a shout out (laughs) to my podcast listeners. You guys, this does upload on most podcast platforms. So if you can't watch it live or you don't want to can't watch the replay, you're in the car all the time on the go, you can turn to, you know, anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcast. It should be available. I'm on a lot of, um, I didn't know I'm on a lot of things. I just started signing up for everything. So I'm on a lot of, um, um, uh, podcast platforms and main ones like Apple and, uh, Google and, you know, whatever. And you guys can also catch me on, you know, my YouTube channel, which I do have content on there too. And it does stream live there as well. So if you are a YouTube person, which I am most of the time, if things can be watched on YouTube, that's what I do. I watch on YouTube because it could broadcast on my TV and I don't have to be on my phone. So 
welcome, 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 and let the healing begin. So living safe and single tonight um, is just one of one out of the two episodes that I'm going to do, right? So because I like to do something um, to empower singles, usually in February, because you guys know um, it is Valentine's Day next week. And this just start making, you know, singles feel some kind of way, right? It makes them feel some kind of way. Some people feel lonely. They feel left out, you know, and especially being, you know, a Christian single, right? It seems like we can't find anybody out there or, um, there's no person that truly, you know, may love God the way we love God or want to follow God the way we want to follow God. So then the pool gets smaller. Like, you know, some people be saying like this, there's pee in the dating pool, right? <laughs> but I just, you know, want to serve this as an encouragement. So basically how this series is going to go, um, tonight, I'm just going to go through some questions and answers that I got previously on a post that I made. And I did get some really good questions, some really interesting questions that I can't wait to dive into and answer going off my perspective. So tonight is not going to be so much structure because you guys know I get on here and I teach, teach, preach, teach, right? And so today is going to be kind of like that, but not so much. Um, next week is pretty much where I'm going to tie everything in and minister, you know, to the singles, to the Christian singles, um, and what that means, you know, living safe and single. Um, because really, um, God had given me something where, you know, and even it came in a dream that people really don't believe that they can live truly sold out to God, you know, and date or find someone because they, you know, um, cherish their relationship with God so much. People don't believe that it can exist. People don't believe that you can live safe, like for real. People always try to find shortcuts, right? Shortcuts to things. And um, I'm here as a living witness to testify to the fact that you can and you are able to live saved and single. I should have put satisfied too, because there is satisfaction, you know, serving God and people don't see the plus side to it. So, you know, that's what I'm going to minister um, to next week because, you know, people just think it's not, it's non-existent. Like that does not exist. Um, people that are living safe and single, they're not happy. And that is absolutely not the truth, right? So we're just going to go ahead and go through some questions and answers. So um, the first question that I have is, should you only date men that are in your church or in your church circle? And, um, you know, the person put that on there, you know, uh, one, of, <laughs> one of my mentees was laughing at it. And I'm, I wish he would jump on here so I could get why he was laughing at that question because I just want to know. Um, but so the first question is, should you only date men that are in your church or the church circle. So I kind of need clarity on what the church circle is, um, or unless it's just other churches, um, but in your church, you know, absolutely not. You don't have to, um, just stay within, you know, where you go. 
you know, to church. It could be, you know, um, any church or any, um, you know, as long as it's the same belief, <laughs> you know, it's Christianity, you can date somebody out inside of another church or, you know, whatever. Um, and I get this question a lot. And I've even asked myself, you know, this question, you know, well, God, do they have to be, you know, inside church? You know, um, can they just have Jesus in their heart? And that be enough, you know, because sometimes, you know, and we can be honest, sometimes there are people in church and, you know, people that you want to date in church and they don't act very Christian like, right? You're just like, well, I, my luck is, I will find better luck dealing with somebody outside of the church, right? You know, I mean, it doesn't have to be your church. It could be anybody's church. I can do so much. I think I will have better luck or um, less drama dating someone outside of church, like period. But the thing is, you know, like I said, just with um, what I know and what I've experienced, um, you can, they, they won't be able to get away from it, right? You know, they'll be um, attending church, you know, they'll serve. And it's because church is really pretty much a training ground. Right. So in my maturity, you know, and just, you know, when I gave my life a riff for real and that was only like 10 years ago. Right. That was only 10 years ago. And I served the church and, you know, so it's like it's no getting away from it. Right. You're going to you're going to probably more than likely if you are a Christian and devoted to God. You're going to find somebody that's going to be in a church. It doesn't have to be your church. But you're going to pretty much find them in a church. It's like inevitable. Because like I said, I kind of battled with that with myself. I'm like, well, what if they had Jesus in their heart? Right? What if they showed the attributes of Jesus? You know, what if they, you know, were uh, giving? You know, they were uh, a gentleman. They serve, you know what I mean? Other people, they gave to the homeless or whatever. But like I said, in my maturity, I found out that they will belong, <laughs> you know, to a structure, right? They will belong to a place of worship. You know, that's just, you know, my finding and my understanding because why would somebody be outside of what you're doing, right? Why would somebody, if you're the one that's going, why would you want somebody that's not part of what you're doing? That doesn't make any sense. So you kind of, that kind of even has, has you to question, well, I need to get my mind right and why, why I'm attending church, right? Like, how am I looking at church if I don't care if they don't go, right? Because if you're part of it and you're active in it, you're going to want, you know, pretty much the same thing, right? <laughs> so that was that first question. Like I said, that was good. Um, and then, like I said, I had got a lot of questions, y'all. I got a lot of questions. So tonight is going to be pretty much a question and answer um, type of thing. And you guys could jump in the comments, you know, comment if you want to while I'm reading the question and kind of giving my input on it. Um, and the next question is what to look for in a person during the dating season? Does it vary with age? So what to look for a person during the dating season? And this is really good because this is what I want. <laughs> good, you, you come out so you can inter, 
reiterate why why you were laughing <laughs> at the church question. You know, I just I want to get some some uh, context to why you was laughing. I kind of know. I think I kind of know, but I'm I'm I just wanted to get your input. But um, so what to look for in a person during the dating dating season? Does it vary with age? And that's so good. Like I said, because you're going to look, you you know, um, basically you're going to be able to look for where you're at, you know, and it's a lot of, let me tell you, it's a lot of self-evaluation when it comes to when you're getting ready to date. You know, when you decide, okay, I want to date someone, it's like, you kind of have to do a self-evaluation of yourself and you have to evaluate your position you know, in all things like, where am I, you know, in life, where am I positioned? You know, do I know what I'm purposed to do? And, you know, I'm gonna get into that later. Do I know what I'm purposed to do? Do I, you know, why do I want to go out? You know, why do I want to meet someone else? Right. Do I have time to, you know, because dating, that's another thing. Dating requires time. And I don't mean serial dating. I'll get into that too. Dating requires time because you're you're investing time and in getting to know someone else. So, you know, before you date, I would question, you know, to, to make sure that you know yourself, right? And then you'll know what to look for. You have to know yourself. So then you'll know your no's and your don'ts and your, you know, your uh, non-negotiables, but you have to know yourself. Um, but what to look for in a person during the dating season or yeah, during dating is just, you know, like I said, the, the essentials is, you know, you're a Christian, you know, because this is the platform. If you look at dating anyway, any way other than outside of Christ, this is probably not the live for you, not the podcast for you to listen to. This is for those that are, you know, they want to live right. You know, they want to be, you know, you want to be saved and you want to do things in the order of God. This is what this live is. And this is what, you know, this podcast is about. So first and foremost, you know, you want them to be a believer. <laughs> you want them to be a believer and you have to be careful in the language that they use. Right. You can't say that someone is a believer just because they say, oh, yeah, I believe in God. What do that mean? Which God? What God? You know, is it many or is it one? You know, you you have to ask these questions because people get you, right? And sometimes we can be so impressed if you see, you know, somebody has a Bible in their car. That still doesn't mean anything either. <laughs> just because they have a Bible in their car, just because they have a Bible, you know, in their room or in their house. That don't mean anything. You know, did you, did they read it? Do they know anything? Do they get any revelation by it? Do they live by it? You don't know because look, listen here. I had a Bible, you know, when I was um, engaged, I had, I always had a Bible with me. Did I open it? No, I only opened it. You know, this is before I was saved for real, for real, for real. I only opened it in that one time I did open it. That was a life-changing scripture. But anyway, when I opened it, I opened it because I was in trouble and really didn't even really get the context and fullness of what I was reading, right? Yes, you got to dig deeper than that. I equate, I believe in God, so I agree God exists. Exactly. And that's not enough, right? 
you got to dig deeper. Like, are you living for God? It's one thing that you say that I know God exists, but are you living for God? You want somebody as a Christian, as a Christian that's dating, you want someone that is living for God. And like I said, are you what you're looking for? Are you living for God? That's a little deeper. Are you living for God yourself? Because I'm going to tell you what God told me. And this is kind of getting to my next week lesson or what I was you know, going to minister. But that's okay because then I'll backtrack again. What God ministered to me at one time was because there was a time where I was getting kind of um, uh, like kind of, uh, I don't say defeated. What's the word I'm trying to say? Discouraged. I was getting discouraged because as a woman, you know, and especially as a woman of God, you know, it seems that every, you see a lot of women that are looking, you know, for someone or that wants to be paired up, that is looking for marriage, right? They're waiting for marriage. So I'm like, God, I'm like, it's a lot of women wanting to be married and there is really not that many Christian men that are out there. I'm like, God, how are all these men of God, I mean, women of God going to find these men of God? Because obviously <laughs> it's a shortage, right? So that was at one time. And I'm like, well, God, that's, you know, that that will cause people to kind of uh, settle and kind of, you know, get less because they feel like it's not out there. And God told me clear as day. He said, yeah, he said they might want a, a, a man of God, but they are not women of God. So with that being said, and I'll say that again. He said, yeah, you know, they're asking from their lips that they want men of God, but they are not. A lot of them are not women of God. I said, whoa, OK, God, I, I see. <laughs> He said, they're not women of God. So a lot of that is, is a lot of self-evaluation, right? You got to make sure and see that you are what you want. You know, before you tell somebody that they need a house, they need a car, you know, do you have a house and do you have a car? I'm against, um, and like I said, I'm in a totally different space in this season, you know, um, for a long time. But before, you know, sometimes you would feel like you have to hold back, right? You will have to hold back because you you waiting for, you know, Prince Charming to come sweep you off your feet and deliver you from all of your problems and your troubles, right? And that's not the case. You know, so some people will wait to buy a house because I'm going to wait till I meet my husband and then we're going to get a house together. Don't wait on that. That's another tidbit that I want to add. Don't wait on doing for yourself because you're you're waiting on that perfect match that perfect you know um waiting for you to couple up with someone you know the best thing is to do what you can you know while you're single right so buy that house if you want that house right buy that car because you want that car you know just just do what you can travel look you can travel and a, and that's another mistake that people make is waiting to do all these single things while you're married. Well, I'll do that while I'm married. It's a whole different thing. It's not what you think. And it's a lot of people that think that you can do whatever you want because now I got somebody to do things with. 
right? And you don't understand that when you you do these things, when you travel, when you um do different things, you're really going on a deep discovery of yourself, right? You're discovering, you're still discovering who you are. You're still figuring out your likes, right? So, you know, oh, I went off all on a tangent. <laughs> so that was, you know, one thing that I was just thinking about and I just want to share with you guys. And like I said, that was something I was going to minister next week, but I'll bring it up again. You know, that's what God was telling me. He was like, you know, yeah, the, the man of God is there and just how you're hidden, they're hidden too, right? They're not all out in the open because they're rare. They're rare. And just as, you know, women, he said, women of God are rare as well, right? So it's hard. It's it's, it's definitely, um, you know, something that you have to wait on God for, right? So I'm going to go to another um, question. Wait, other part of the question was, what to look for in a person during the dating season? Does it vary with age? I wouldn't say age. I think it goes with um, spiritual maturity level. Um, for me, right? Spiritual maturity level doesn't really have to go with age because someone could be younger, younger than you, um, and then but but spiritually, you know, the maturity you could be on the same level. So I wouldn't say um, it varies by age. So the next question is, does the person you're dating have to be on the same level as you spiritually? So I had a look. I have some notes for this one because this is something that people, I think it's the way that they ask and that the way that they use it. It's like trying to find every, you know, just as long as they believe in, in, in God you know, that should be enough. And let me get into it. Look, I got notes, y'all. So again, the question was, yeah, because some of us old in spirit, yeah, Clad, you about 30. You about 30. <laughs> Deacon Clad. Deacon Clad is 30 in the spirit. Uh, uh, does a person you're dating have to be on the same level as you spiritually? You know, um, a quick answer, I would say yes. And this is why I say. So the first thing that came into my mind was um, the scripture, Amos 3 and 3. And it says, you know, and I'm going to read it in a different version so you guys can understand and get it. How can two walk together unless they are agreed? <laughs> yeah, deacon. Glad, clad is a deacon. Uh, can... <laughs> Actually, he's a singing preacher. But yeah. Uh, how can two walk together unless they are agreed? That's Amos 3 and 3. I don't know what version that is. I think that's King James. So NIV is, do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? NLT says, can two walk together without agreeing on the direction? And the message version is, do two people walk hand in hand if they aren't going to the same place? So spiritual levels, you know, where you are, it does matter because it determines your direction i'll say that again spiritual levels it does pretty much kind of have to match because that just seems like direction that determines where you're going and where that person is taking you so let's say you know the woman may be more spiritually mature than the man in that relate you know dating going into ma marriage you can't go bossing around, bossing that man around. 
because in the order of how God wants things, this man is the head and he's getting direction and he's getting instructions from God, right? He doesn't give it to, you know, um, it doesn't go that way. You don't go to you and then you tell him what to do. So you really pretty much want him, you know, depending on where you are. So if you are on a higher degree as a woman, higher degree um, spiritually, that man has to be at or above. That's what I believe. At or above, right? Because it means it, it doesn't mean about being better or more morally right, right? It has nothing to do with that. Be morally or better is not a, a judge of, of, of that. It's more so because it's direction. You know, when you are spiritually mature, you have you have clear vision and you have direction. So you want somebody to 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 have some direction, right? You don't want to be um let me see. What did I write? One cannot walk contrary and the other does not. So sometimes we get led even in dating as Christians because you feel like there are no other Christian men out there. There's not really no Christian women out there. Then we start to disciple people, right? So you didn't base you basically to cut it off right there. You if you go into discipling somebody, to me, like dating and relationship is off the table for me because now I became your disciple, and now I'm teaching you, right? So you know we we, we get into that disciple. Well, maybe I can lead them. I've heard a lot of women, you know, say like, well, now I can lead them. I can lead them to Christ and then they're going to be what I want. No, they're just now your, your bro, <laughs> brother in Christ. They have became your brother in Christ or they became your sis, you know, your sister in Christ. That's what happens with that. And you basically have already put them in a category when you do that. But sometimes you try so hard and make someone something that they're not. And then we're frustrated because now we feel like we're working so hard because now you're trying to become Holy Ghost Junior. And it's up to God to to position that person, right? And to prepare. But and then and another thing too, that is you're not obligated to wait either. And that don't mean you go and date all over the country and all over the world, you know, and that's another thing. God don't lead you to be dating all these people. I've made a little post, you know, um, I talked about it in my other live, just throwing that in there. But God don't lead you to be dating all these people, right? He don't lead you to date all these people because that's confusion. You know, and I said it before in the last live, it's confusion. Why would God want you to just mesh with all these people and get to know people like that? You know, as far as because you're wanting to date, you're trying to connect with somebody on that level. And yeah, that's just a lot of confusion. So, no, <laughs> you're not. That's that not in the Bible. You don't. That's not godly, you know, to be serial dating like that, you know, because then you're just basically trying to find something to do at that point. There's other things to do besides going to date with a, with a lot of people. There's things to do, right? Dating is not the end all be all to fun. There are things that you can do for fun, right? You know, like me being single, you know, there, I'm, hey, it don't take much for me to have a good time. You know, I have a good time having, you know, movie nights by myself, 
if I want to go to a movie, I'll go to a movie. So anything that you want to do, you don't have to wait on somebody to do these things, right? You don't have to wait on, and I think a lot of that, that misconception of we have to wait on somebody to do something for us. Do it for yourself. Like Valentine's Day is coming up. And one thing that I have adopted for myself, you know how they say, you know, Valentine's Day is V-Day. I call it me day. So I'll take off work, right? I'll buy flowers. I'll buy the things that I like. Because once you know that you can do things for yourself, you're not going to get down and out and, and, and all mopey when somebody can't do it for you, right? You'll learn how to treat yourself and then you won't be so desperate, you know, for somebody to buy you flowers and candy or anything. You can do that for yourself, right? So anyway, yes, it does matter um, about the level of spirituality, you know, you should want them to be either the same or, you know, above or, you know, because I mean, we do kind of progress anyway. We go from faith to faith, glory to glory, you know, so it's going to grow. It's going to grow. But to start off with, you don't want it to be so unequally balanced that you feel like you you just in the fight of your life, like you <laughs> that you're in the fight of love, your life. You don't want to be with somebody that feel like you're in the fight of your life. Dating is not supposed to be that hard. It's not, it's not supposed to be that hard. Um, and I want to even add that tidbit about, maybe I might be going ahead of myself. Of, let me make sure I'm not answering something. Um, as far as like dating, now look, I'm gonna let y'all in on my tidbit of lists that I have. Um, I have dating boundaries. So that's another thing you guys might want to start. If you know that you're interested in dating, that you want to date, you want to make sure that you have dating boundaries. And I would even challenge you guys to even write it down. Write it down on paper. I have it written down on paper. Like I have, you know, what I would 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 like and it's not shallow, right? There are a couple things that's shallow. But there are, you know, like if God do it, he do it. If he don't, he don't. But the core things are there that I have written down that I feel like that that's what fits with my life because I, I know myself, that I know who I am. So you'll know what fits when you know who you are, right? So that's why I made that list. So I ain't compromising. Ain't nobody gonna make me compromise. I got my little list. And it ain't a lot, it ain't a, a long number, but I got my little list and I have a dating boundaries list and it's real short, like dating for me, I, I, I guess you could call it pregame, a pregame. Um, I don't want to go on an initial date. Like the first time that I'm talking to you, I don't, the first thing I don't want to do, I don't want to go on a date, right? I don't want to go on a date. And I know y'all just scratching y'all head like, this girl talking about i don't want to go on an actual date my thing i want to go on a pre-date like a um to go coffee or like to go get ice cream right and to me because i have to sit in front of you and have a conversation because really i don't know if i even like you i don't even know if i like you yet and and you can't have phone conversations but it's it's something about watching someone and how they interact with people and the thing about a pre-date is it takes the pressure off of a real date right 
it takes the pressure off of a real date because I'm just trying to see how you communicate. I want to see if you're true. We can find, but we can find out. <laughs> what can you want to eat? Because I just feel like that takes, especially nowadays, it just takes the pressure off of the whole, who's going to pay for this? Who's going to pay for that? Um, that's just my, um, you know, criteria, you know, that I have right now. It's just that, okay, I can get my own cup of coffee. You can get your coffee. We can sit and have, and have a talk. And if I don't even like the communication or, or, or our communicating thing is just not working, what did I lose? You know, or what it, what it, I'm sitting there with my coffee. I like coffee anyway. So I'm just having a conversation. And even then I could determine, okay, well, we'll, we'll be better off just being friends and knowing each other as being, you know, continuing knowing each other as being friends. And that's the thing even too, going into dating, don't look at them as already being a potential husband. You know, it's okay to just develop a friendship. Like, I'm just going to see if I even like this person, if I could just, if I even like you, if I could be friends with you. And then if it goes further than that, you know, it will, it will develop, but that don't mean drag it out, but it will develop and you'll know, right? Um, that's true because if it's awkward, no harm done with the coffee meetup. Yep, just coffee meetup. Listen here. Do you feel like if God has revealed the right person for you that you can skip the dating part and go straight to relationship? Mm. Mm -mm. I, and the thing is, I've done that. And the thing is for guys, they don't do that. We do that. You know, women do that. And we got all these plans in our mind. And then it turns into a situationship. Because now it's one-sided. You know, the woman thinks it's something. Right, right, Shalanda. <laughs> the woman thinks, more than likely, nine times out of ten, the woman thinks it's more than what it is. You know, the, the, the men don't. They just feel like, hey. I'm like, you didn't jump the gun. You didn't move too, too fast. Look, for the exception of, of, of Clyde here, cause Clyde don't be playing no games. He could chime in too. Clyde, Clyde don't be playing. <laughs> okay. Clyde, Clyde is a unicorn. He know what he want. <laughs> he knows what he wants. You know, like I said, Clyde, Clyde is rare. Um, but no, there are too many unknowns, right? Unknown. And sometimes that may even be the red flag. Hold on. Hold on, boy. Like, what? why are you moving so fast? <laughs> what is the rush? Right? What is the rush? What is you trying to hide? You trying to not let me see things. Right? You had something. What you moving fast? What is you rushing me for? Like, I don't even know you. I don't even know. I, I don't even know how you handle things. The word dating brings an expectation. The word dating brings an expectation. Expound or, or explain. But the word dating brings an expectation. But Jesus revealed them to you already. And that's it. Okay. But I think sometimes we, we jump and sometimes you can even, okay. Let's say he didn't even know, but you know. And sometimes we'll just be like, well, you know, you know what the phrase that everybody say, but they say 
don't say it. You know, when God told me that you my husband, that scared that that will scare anybody away. Yeah, then you may know, but you still have to go through the process. Right? Because you still have to build that bond. You don't know them. And the thing, even with that, even though God does put people in front of each other, the person don't have to, you don't, the person don't have to choose you and you don't have to choose them. Right? Yep. I still need to get to know the person on the natural level. It sure would. Because God can probably pretty much put you in front of somebody and say, hey, he might think this would be. But because of maybe where you're at in life, you may not be ready for that person or they might not be ready for you. So. You just like, okay, well, it just it just ain't gonna happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so I mean it can happen, you know, and, and but that you can't make anyone, you know, agree with what you know you may know. But like I said, I don't think it's just one person that God has. I think it's multiple people that he brings in front of you. It just depends on what you're ready for. So I don't know or what that person is ready for. So let's see. I had another cook. Y'all was on, on top of this. There was a lot of other questions. Um, so the other part B of that question was, does the person you're dating have to be on the same spiritual level as, as you? And if not, where at the minimum do they think they should be in their walk? You know, why, why should there be a minimum? Right? You should want Someone at their capacity. I mean, not capacity as, as far as like they can't go no more. But you should want the best that God has to offer. And sometimes, that's a good question, Shalana. I'm going to get to that. Um, And sometimes, you know, we, we look at that as a quick checkoff list. Like as being a Christian that are that is dating, we look at it as a quick checkoff list. Okay. They, they're a believer. Check. That's not necessarily an all the way clear check. Right? Because just because they know God or, or they say that they're a believer, we boom, automatically check it off a list. But that's not exactly a clear cri criteria to add to it. You can't say, okay, boom, that's off the list. I want to know, let me see, how, cl how close you walking with Jesus? Like, how was you walking with him? Are you listening? Are you obeying? Are you, you know, do you have conviction? You know, it goes deeper than that. Then you just being a believer. Half of folk go to church and has memorized a few tongues. They show half. That's why I'm like, uh-uh. That discernment, that discernment. You know, you're like, mm-mm, something about them tongues is off. <laughs> something about them tongues is off like you playing too much. And more than likely, you could tell by, you know, pretty much kind of how they live. You know, like I said, that conviction, are they convicted? Can they handle pressure? You know, do they run by the slightest little things? You got to you got to look at that. Like you got to inspect their fruit. Right. So that's what that dating is. You got to have time to inspect their fruit. Look at Clad. I think the minimum should be they are growing and have a desire for more of God. And the desire to please him. Them tongues ain't it. Lifestyle will tell. Yep, lifestyle will tell. I'm telling you, if you don't know anything else, that lifestyle will tell. And that don't mean that they're perfect. Because we all, you know, fall short of the glory of God. That don't mean that. 
And sometimes I used to get mad when I feel like, like, why do I have to say that? Right? We should all know that we ain't, we're not perfect and we make mistakes. But I think some people just want to just do what they want to do. And that's why they say that. But we that don't mean that you're perfect. That don't mean you have, you know, you, you make mistakes. But at the end of the day, if they don't have no conviction for what they do, you know, they just think that it's normal. It's normal to do what you want to do. You didn't you came straight out of service and you you act like ain't nothing happened. No fruit. No fruit of the spirit. So if there was a min, oh, if there was a minimum. I don't know. Cause their minimum minimum gonna have to be my minimum. Like I said, where I'm at, that's where you're gonna have to be at. Right? And that's why, you know, I had one of my best friends. He told me, um, you know, when he's not in church, you know, or anything, but he's one that told me, he was like, you know what? He said, and you being a a, a preacher, he said a call to God, he said. Your pool is definitely small <laughs> because of, you know, where I'm at. You know, they know I'm in that word. I'm in that book. Right. I'm living. a, a am living a totally different standard. Right. So then a lot of men are not going to want to adapt to that. Right. But I have belief if God told me there was somebody for me or that, you know, that I am like he put marriage in my heart. It's going to happen, right? We just can't just be so thirsty for it, right? <laughs> um, so if not the minimum, do my thing, there should be in the walk. So my thing is don't look at the, that's dangerous to me. Don't look at the minimum. Don't look at it as a checkoff. They got, because it's, it's going to be a lot more work and a lot more than you're going you're gonna to want to chew off. Believe me. Believe me, it's going to be more than you can chew. Just thirsty. Oh, my God. When Bishop Jacob said that, that one, just thirsty. Stop being thirsty. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yep. Just stop being thirsty, y'all. My pastor, for my podcast listeners, it, this was maybe about a few years ago. He had did an uh, altar call, and he just said, you know, well, God told me that some of y'all is just being thirsty. Stop being thirsty. <laughs> Because you know, you just be be patient, be patient, and um, like I said, I'll get into the ministering part of living saved and single next week. But we're just going through question and answer, so it's very important that you guys get this because I'm gonna tie it in right next week and and really get it together, get us together. So let me see what the next question is. Um, Spiritual mature should not look at like like I said. Spiritual maturity should not be looked at as a passing a checklist, but looked at it as if a person is equipped with a tool. Y'all understand that? Spiritual maturity should not be looked at as a passing a checklist. You know, as far as looking for someone to date, but looked at as if a person is equipped with a tool. So if they're on a level spiritually and you see them, that should be like like that's a tool. Like don't check it off. Like okay. That's it. That should just be a tool. Like, you know that they they have a tool and they're able to use it. Because if they didn't have that tool, I wouldn't be talking to you. Right? If you're not spiritual, you don't have a tool, I won't be talking to you because the how spiritually mature that you are, 
that's what helps build, right? So if you have nothing to build with, what am I going to build with you? It don't make any sense, right? Just saying. So <laughs> the next question, and I think I kind of answered this. Look, this is my question in here. Um, is dating hard according to what you do in the church? Your calling. You know, and I kind of addressed that and got the, you know, like I said, one of my very good friends, you know, told me, you know, like I said, he wasn't, he's not in church or, you know, whatever, but he, he said it's hard. Right. And I've heard that from a lot of, um, you know, maybe, you know, female preachers or, or, um, you know, um, Christian women that really are just really serving the church or, you know, just really in there that it's just, um, it can be hard, right? Don't let your toolbox go empty. I think that's what that is. Yes, they need to have a. They got at least have the tools now. You ain't got. You is not. You are not spiritual. You have no spirituality about yourself. No, that's not gonna work, right? And you should want just any kind of like. I want the strongest tool in the toolbox, right? Cause we got to build something and that's what dating is for. You know, you, cause you're going in, you're dating for the intention. You're being intentional when you're ready to date. I ain't about to get into it, but when you're ready to date, you're basically being intentional saying that I'm looking for merit. I'm talking to Christians. I ain't talking about people out there that's just dating and, 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 and carnal. I'm talking about the ones that are looking for marriage. You're going to date with intention and being spiritual is one of them tools you got to have. Because what are you building? What are you building without that? Right? Just saying. So, you know, that was the question that I had and wanted to throw out there for anyone that's listening and podcast listeners, you know, dating hard according to what you do in the church, you know, your calling. I have heard that that, you know, that becomes difficult. You know, nobody wants to date um, preachers because I, I don't know if they feel like you're going to chastise them. <laughs> You gonna try to preach at them all the time? I don't know. Maybe that's it. They feel like they're gonna get a sermon every time you take them out somewhere. I don't know. Don't know that you know you could be normal and what you see, you know, um, what you do in church and what you see, like what I'm doing now, I'm teaching, you know, but my personality, you know, outside I'm a I'm a fun, you know, I'm a fun person. I'm funny, I'm hilarious. I like to do different things. I like to listen to jazz. I like to, you know, but I'm teaching right now. So you can't really know who I am because I'm teaching you or I'm preaching. You don't know. You don't know who I am. Right. But anyway, uh, how to stay. Oh, listen, now this question, y'all, how to stay pure when your flesh is burning? This is a good question because this is a, 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 a question that I think when people, when they want to date and they, you know, want to find that person is because the flesh is burning. You know, we want to go on all these dates because your flesh is burning. So how to stay pure when your flesh is burning? It's really not an easy solution, right? Because our flesh is going to be ever burning, ever burning. We fight, fight this flesh daily it has to die daily 
So what do you do with the fire that's burning that you want to put out? You smother it, right? You have to smother it. And that's the thing that I tell, you know, my burning. <laughs> burning. Oh, no, that's rolling. <laughs> I'm like about to see Tina turn the song. Um, you have to smother it. And it's not easy. People are like, well, how do you smother it? It takes you, your, 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 you have to have the desire to want to burn, to, to smother the fire, right? And it's a thing of, you know, what I tell my mentees, you have to quit, you have to starve it. Stop feeding it. Stop feeding your flesh, right? Stop. Now, if you know you, you feel in some kind of way, don't be go listening to all of these R&B songs and watching these movies, right? Watching these shows and you probably didn't watch the movie before and you know what part is about to come up on this movie. Why are you watching that movie and you know you feel in some kind of way? Right? Go turn on something else. Go turn on the comedy. <laughs> go listen to you know, uh, uh, something go exercise, you know, it's not, it's not an easy, uh, a, a straightforward answer, but my straightforward answer is always starve it. Stop feeding it. Cause what you feed will grow. Disciple and boundaries. Disciple and boundaries. Yeah. So you have to tell, you know, Know your limits and stop looking at the apple. That's it. Stop looking at that forbidden fruit. Stop looking at the fruit. You know what happens when you look at that fruit, right? Your flesh want more of it. Discipline. Oh, yeah, discipline. It takes discipline. It does. The more you, and, and, and look, I'm not telling y'all something that I don't know, right? I'm being truthful and honest. I'm telling you something that I don't know. You can't, and this is another thing that another sneaky thing, like I said, I'm being open and transparent. This is another thing that Christians think that, okay, that they're starving the flesh, right? They turn to masturbation just because you're not doing anything with a person. You are still igniting your flesh doing that. And, and, and it keeps getting worse. It's not take it's not doing it's just not taking no edge off you're feeding it you're throwing um lighter fluid into the fire even when you do that and the thing of the nature of why you're doing that is because you're either bored you're lonely you know and most of the time it's you're bored <laughs> you know like and another thing is because you're lonely right so you need to think of, well, what can I do to keep my mind busy, right? Or sometimes people use it as a stress reliever. What can I use, What else can I do to, to help with my stress? There's other things you can do for your stress. <laughs> bored. bored is a top answer, right? You're bored. You know, so that means your mind needs to focus on something else. You need to train your mind, like, you know, discipline your mind. And the more that you do it, 
the more that you really don't think about it, that's not even an option for you when you're bored or you're lonely or you're stressed out, right? You can go exercise. You can work on, look, that's the key thing about finding your purpose and knowing what God wants you to do or, or chase, you know, um, finding your purpose, doing what God tells you to do. That will consume your time, right? That will consume your time. Because listen, content planning and um, getting on here and just doing, you know, just studying, um, worshiping and all of that things. Those are things that just, it, it takes your mind off of yourself and it puts your mind on God. Because when you're, what they say, the, the the idle mind is the devil's playground. That's what's going on there, right? I didn't mean to stay on there that long, but no, that's a real thing. Because people just feel like, they feel like there's no such thing as, as, as staying pure. They think it's a myth. You can if that's what you want. So that's another thing. Do you want it? Do you want to be right? You can if you want, but that doesn't mean, mean that it's easy, right? You got to be intentional. You got to discipline your flesh, right? But people don't, oh, I want something easier to do. No, you, 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 there's nothing easier outside of discipline. You got to discipline your flesh, right? So the next question, um, oh, this thing going fast. It's 6.54 already. Um, how should your relationship with God connect you and the person you're dating? And the other part of that was how does that work? How should your relationship with God connect you and the person you're dating? That's good. Did I have time to think about that? Let me see. How should your relationship with God connect you and the person you're dating? You know, like I said, you guys, when you're when you have a relationship with God and they have a relationship with God, um, you know, like I said, you're gonna you're gonna um pretty much be in tune, right? You're gonna be in tune, you're gonna wanna uh seek God together. Because <laughs> I did read it and I had a, a mental answer for all of it. But this one, I'm like, did I uh, think? Of, did I answer this in my head? I think. Okay, now I'm thinking about it now. But you know, you're gonna be on the same page. You're gonna, you're gonna wanna do the same things together. You know, you're gonna wanna pray together. You know, you're gonna wanna, um, you know, worship. You're gonna wanna do things of God together. So you know, and then then you're gonna wanna build. You're gonna support each other. You're gonna help each other because they understand. You know how important a relationship with God is. Right, it's not an elective. It's not something that is 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 it's just there. But you know, it's it's it does connect you in that way. You're going to be in tune, and that doesn't mean that everything is going to be easy. But at least you have that foundation secure. That's one thing you don't have to worry about them is about the them and their their love for Jesus. But some people, that is like the problem. Like you can be in God serving Christ and they just kind of like on the fence and you were so worried about them being trying to get them on over on the other side of the fence, right? That you're trying to work on the, it should already be there and it makes things easier. So 
you know, you'll be able to, the, the foundation to be stronger, right? So how does that work? Yep. You, you're going to be, you're not going to be fighting over little things like, well, why we got to pray about that? Well, why we got to go here? Why we got, you won't be fighting about stuff like that. You're going to want to do things like that together, right? And you're going to have more things in common. So there's less things that you, you got to fight about, right? Like you don't have to drag them into church. You don't have to explain to them, you know, what what the Holy Spirit is. So there's things that you just don't have to get into. I hope that answered the question. <laughs> Glad. <laughs> so, um, I mean, like I said, there was a, I think I got a few questions. I'm going to wrap it up for real. Uh, what are red flags to look for as a believer? And, you know, I said this earlier that they are not a believer. Red flag number one, that they are not a believer. You know, some people just go ahead and, and, and proceed. Why? You know, if they said they don't believe in God, don't be in your man talking about someone. Well, one day you will. Listen, been there, done that. And my thing is, in my experience, you know, when um before I got married, you know, God wasn't really, I went to church you know, knew God, believed in God, but the person that I was with, that like, that was enough for me. If they said they believed in God, that was it for me. But what happened was, as I progressed through life with that person and going through life, I realized I had empty spots that I didn't know that I needed God to feel because I thought I needed a person to feel. And so no matter what they did, no matter, you know, just even getting married, getting engaged, no matter what they did, I still felt empty, right? Um, so sometimes we got to make sure, I don't want to say this because look, look, I'm kind of ministering early. We got to make sure that when you're wanting to date and you're looking for somebody that you're not looking, you're not looking for God, God instead, wait. So you have to make sure that when you get ready today, make sure that you're not looking for someone to fulfill those empty spots. You know, because a lot of times when you are desperate to date like that, you're actually looking for God. You're not looking for a person. You're looking for God. And there are some empty spaces in you that he has to fill, right, before you go out and date and start meeting people. Because it was nothing that... that he could do, you know, that didn't get rid of those empty spaces that I felt, right? It's like, okay, well, I'm married. Well, now it's time for us to get a house. You know, what if I would have went on? Like, okay, well, we, we need to have kids. Trying to fill out, fill these empty voids when it was God that I was looking for the whole time, right? And so I think I got off subject. Um, So, yeah. You got the number one red flag is that they're not a believer because he was just like, I believe in God and I rolled with it. But like I said, as I went through life and I was wanting God, trying to pull on God, the more, you know, he didn't care, he could care less about getting close to God. And towards the end, you know, before the divorce actually went, that was the last thing he said, well, you know, really, I don't believe in God. Really? I don't think I believe in God. So now I got to the point where I don't believe in God, but I'm in this place where I need God, right? So it's like, well, how do we get here? 
because <laughs> I was on that road, right? Now I want to get into it because I want to minister to that um, next week. Yes, it should compliment and be an addition while God is the fulfillment. A absolutely glad. Uh, let me see. The other red flag is uninterested in pursuing purpose. You know, that's another red flag to look for as a believer when you're dating. Like, you'll find that out, like I said, with them coffee dates, them, them pre-dates. You know, uninterested in pursuing purpose. Like, I'm just out here making money. And that's what I want to do. But is that your purpose? Like, what are you, what are you, do you know what you're on this earth to do? And I understand that everybody ain't there. But if you are not interested in pursuing that, as, as you know, like I said, as a Christian, dating a Christian, they're not interested in pursuing purpose. That's a red flag. I was looking for someone to make my life complete. The picket fence life I created in my mind. Yes. And, and we got to understand like that wasn't enough. Like when you get in it and you go through it, that's not enough. You know, and, and you don't want to find that out the hard way. That's why, you know, I'm doing this because a lot of times, you know, this, this Valentine's days because you're lonely and, you know, there's no one in sight. You start um, compromising. Right. Just like, well, I'm going to talk to this one because I need, I, I'm just bored and I just, you know, I'm going to answer this DM knowing good and well. They ain't nowhere close and near to God, you know. You just know, but for the fact that you're lonely, you go entertain that mess, right? But not knowing how precious it, it is to be saved, like I said, living saved and single. You notice that, this, like I named this series, Living Saved and Single. I didn't say uh, live this save, living saved and single until you find somebody. There is contentment and fulfillment and just in, in being single and saved. It's happiness and peace in being single and saved. You know, people just think that that's an until, that's an in-between space. That's the place. You know, as Paul said, I wish for people to be single. Like that was Paul's testimony. I wish for everybody to be single. You, you listen, you will live the life when you single. I'm glad God didn't let me stay in that place. I would have, it would have not worked out well. Exactly. Oh, let's see. So another red flag, not willing to learn more about Christ. If they're just stuck on that, that same, you know, just don't want to go no more. Don't want to go no higher. You know, that's kind of a, a, a red flag. Like I'm just content being here and, 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 you know, like I said, you, you grow, um, being in Christ is just like a, a growing organism. Like you can't help but to grow being in Christ. You're going to grow. You're going to continue to grow. There's no stopping point. Right. Um, and then as far as a natural red flag, be careful of those people that are unwilling to be alone at times. Like for somebody that just can't never be by themselves, red flag. That's a red flag for me. Red flag. You can't be by yourself. So my my end all and be all is you, huh? <laughs> That's a red flag. Um, 
And another one is, I mean, I just jotted down some things. Um, being too available. You know, you have too much access to that person. Like, you too available. That means you ain't got nothing to do. Like, what else you got to do? Right? Because if you depended on me to, to, to make you happy and to fulfill those empty spaces, those are a red, that's a red flag. Right? Make sure that they have some, some fulfillment and some motion in their life. Right? So that's what I have for red. There's other red flags, but that was ones that I wrote down. Um, what standards to set early? You know, I went over the boundaries and everything. That was another question someone asked. What standards to set early? Um, and I would say it's based more on actions than what you say. You have to show them better than you can tell them. You know, when it when it when you have standards. Sometimes and I I'm speaking from a women perspective. Sometimes when you tell men um maybe certain standards or what you're not gonna do. Sometimes they turn that into a game. Now it's a challenge. Not all of them, but now it's a challenge because, you know, let's say you say you were saving yourself, you know, for marriage or whatever, or, and because you said that, now it becomes a challenge. So you have to show it, it's show them better than you can tell them, right? You know, your standards should be able, like I said, the fruit. They should be able to know your fruit. And not just by what you say, because they can hear you. But then that don't mean that's actually what it is, right? It's 7.06, y'all. I've been on here for over an hour already. Then somebody said, that's it. That's it. I'm going to show you better than I can tell you. Listen, the words, you just going to take it as a challenge and as a game. And, and, and keep on playing with me. No, I'm going to show you better than I can tell you. Right? Like, if you know you're not supposed to be, you're cut off to be in the house. After a date is nine o'clock, I need to be in the house at nine o'clock. I got to go, right? You know, it's not no wet. No, you show them. Show them better, better than you could tell them, right? Um, it is said that God has a partner for you. Should you even be dating at all? I think we kind of talked about it. I mean, oh, I didn't address Boo Kitty question about soulmates. I talked. I talked about this too with uh one of my mentees. Do I believe in soulmates? At one time I did. I just thought it was one person. I believe it's the exception and not the rule. Because God is sovereign, He can do whatever He wants to do. I don't think that's the rule though, but I do think that it's an exception. I think God does purpose for people to be with certain people but i don't think that's the general rule like that's how it's gonna go so that's how i stand on that one yes he can like he does have maybe a specific one for you but like i said i think that's the exception and not the rule like that's not generally how it goes but he does do that right so um uh, back to this question again it, it is said that god has a partner for you should you even be dating at all yeah Cause you still, you know, we talked about that. You still need to know information about them. You still need to know who they are. Cause sometimes, and you'll find this out. And I, and, 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 and a lot of testimonies, how people 
was, you know, I've heard a lot of testimonies of people saying this, that, okay, God said that that was my husband and, and God said that was my wife, you know, whatever. Like you come into agreement with it. You both have a conviction for each other. So you get together, you get married. That doesn't mean that marriage is going to be easy, but because you've get to know that person or whatever, you still have to do work. It's still work. That person could be what God wants to have for you and they still get on your nerves and you got to know how to deal with that, right? They're not going to be perfect. And that's another thing. I think sometimes when God shows us someone, we think that they're going to be perfect. I mean, in, in, in our sense, they're going to be perfect and then they're going to fit right. And that's not true. There's still going to be difficulties. There's still going to be things you have to work out and, and, you know, and, so it's not going to be like, you're you going to have issues, right? <laughs> so you still need to go through that process, but we talked about that. Um, what age, and this is the last one, y'all, and I'm about, I'm about to get out, off of here. Uh, what age is a good age to start dating? How do you know the time is right to date again after you have divorced? So the first part of the question, what age is a good age to start dating? And you have to look at that, like I said, because we talked about that. You're dating with intention, right? You're you're dating with the intention of possibly getting married. So you think about it. What life should you have if this turned into marriage? And I think when we talk about young people, like people that are, you know, like with the teenagers that date, you know, I don't even think they should call that dating. That's you just you just having a friend. Right. You just having a friend, you get to know them because in that, you know, you're just getting to know just boys and, you know, boys are just getting to know, you know, girls. But I think dating is like when you're ready to be, you know, going to that step of marriage. And that's really how it should be looked at. But I know it's not looked at like that. And I think that's that whole mixed definition of, of dating. Like what is dating? But, you know, as we're talking about Christian dating, that's what I'm talking about. You know, I think it's, it's when you are in a position to be married. You know, it's, it's, it's the age, your maturity level. So wherever you're mature at, <laughs> spiritual, spiritual maturity and just you just having basic things, you know, like, OK, I think I'm ready because you can't just play catch up. When you find somebody like, oh, we got to get our stuff together. It's just going to be harder. It is doable, but just be harder. So, you know, as far as, an, um, I don't know, it can go all over the place. What age is a good age to start dating? Yeah, that, I mean, there's so many factors that go into that. I can stress that out. <laughs> How do you know the time is right to date again after you have divorced? When you have healed and when you're when you're not bitter. That's another thing where you're not bitter um, and you have done some self-evaluation. You've had plenty of mirror moments where, you know, you look at the marriage that, you know, that failed and you look on both ends. Like, you know, what you, you acknowledge your part and what happened and you, you, you know, that they had their faults too. But, you know, when you're, when you stop being bitter, when you stop being bitter and when you're um, not being desperate to fulfill that void, right? And it's it takes it's 
it takes it's not a, a timeline but it takes a while so it's it's predicated on you know just an individual person like for me let's see this is year 10 since i've been divorced and i'm at a like a, a good stage it had it, it took a while for me to get here because there were layers you know because there were issues that i didn't deal with when i got married so now i'm like kind of basically doing my first first works over again <laughs> so i'm going back and i had to go back and dig up what was the problem the first time right because i wasn't in the best position before you know being married i had issues that i didn't know that i had and so I had to really pretty much do some deep digging in myself. And then it, it caused me to do some deep healing. And then after that, when I was just able to, you know, know my, like, find my purpose, know my purpose, right? And know who I am. So when I came to know who I, who I am in, as an individual, then, you know, I feel like you'll be right to uh, date after divorce. But the most thing is to when you're not bitter anymore when you're not bitter <laughs> right and you know who you gotta sit and know who you are so that's it for the questions but tonight was just pretty much like i said a question and answer thing because i'm getting y'all next week <laughs> i like the answer to being healed it could apply towards divorce or if someone loses a spouse because of death yep and grieve oh that's a another important thing before i leave for real for real grieve well because the thing about people think that divorces are just a breakup it's not because when it comes like i said this is me getting ministering to, to next week but marriage is a is a coming of one flesh like i said we're talking about Christ, christians and christianity and how the the marriage is supposed to be you know in the eyes of god is a coming together of one flesh and the thing that's why god opposes you know divorce because what does that look like you're able to easily detach flesh from flesh like that so when you go through divorce what it feels like in the spirit and i always say this what it feels like in the spirit is somebody ripping ripping flesh away from you and the thing is that unlike a death they're still walking around they're still walking around but yet you feel like that person has has died because they have they have taken away their position in your life because no one ever goes into marriage to get divorced so you've built some kind of life with that person right the walking dead that's why i call them the walking dead right and it's like you 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 have to act like you know that that not that that person doesn't exist but that person exists but they're not where you put them so now you got to put them in another category and it doesn't make sense for a while it doesn't make sense so now you have to have a new normal <laughs> to you know to that person with however that relationship looks like some people could talk you know to their ex-husbands and you know whatever and i believe i'm in a really good place like I don't talk to my ex-husband, but you know, at random times or whatever, you know, he may talk about something or um, ask a question. 
I'm open. I don't feel uncomfortable doing that. But yeah, it, it, it's 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 greed. Make sure when you are divorced, when you, after a divorce, before you go and date someone else, make sure that you have room to grieve because it's still a loss. It's a major loss. And a lot of people don't get that. They just think it's a breakup. It's a it's a deep loss. <laughs> and you don't even know it. And it, and the thing is, it doesn't even matter how that marriage is. Like, even if you might have ended on bad terms, you still got to grieve. Even if it was the worst marriage ever, you still got to grieve because it's still a covenant that is honored by God. He honors marriage, right? That's when it turns into to a covenant and a holy thing. When you ain't you you get married. Now, you, even if y'all both ain't holy, y'all have entered into a holy covenant. And so tearing away from that is not going to be easy, no matter what somebody say. They're going through some stuff being divorced. Right? They're going through some stuff emotionally and spiritually because of that. So make sure that, you know, you have grieved. Because I didn't know that I, I had to grieve or that I was grieving. And then, and then I had to... Find my identity outside of that marriage, right? So that's a whole nother thing. But yeah, that's good. You got to heal. Make sure you ain't bitter and make sure you have grieved, you know, your loss. So thank you guys. <laughs> I hope this, um, like I said, this is just question to answer. And like I said, I'm going to um, minister more about, you know, what it is to be living saved and single because you know these questions were good to ask because a lot of people have these questions but now i'm just going to bring it into perspective for next week you know about how to live single and save so guys tune in next week um share this for anyone that may want to listen this will be like i said uploaded on you know various podcast platforms i may try to do it tonight if not definitely tomorrow i'll be uploading you guys get notification and so like i said before i ever leave you know this platform and god had give, given me a charge in which i think any body that ministers you know or whatever you know being a christian this is what you do you give and you offer christ and so you know cuz i don't know who listens and who comes across here daily or who watches replay or listens on the podcast and um i just want to offer christ so you want to go to um oh my goodness the devil okay found it <laughs> the plan of foundation the, the i want to read the plan of salvation uh romans 10 and 9 that if you confess with your mouth jesus is lord and believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you will be saved for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And that's really pretty much what it is. It's, it's easy. You know, you don't have to do it in front of everyone. Um, You want to rededicate your life. You say this, this, this scripture, this prayer, you confess with your sins. You know, you, you confess your sins to, to God. You know, you, acknowledge him as being lord over your life you know you know believe that he is the son of god and like god i repent you know i believe you are the son of god you died and you rose 
you know, you saved me and I believe wholeheartedly in you and I want to live for you. That's it. That is it. But it doesn't end there. You know, you go and of course, by the leading of God, find a local assembly and, you know, continue to get fed, you know, continue to get fed, continue to get trained in the things of God. Right. So I wanted to offer that because you never know. You never know how, because sometimes we can make things so much harder than what it is. And so if I can do anything, I will give salvation, you know, or help people and lead them to getting, you know, salvation. So that is all you guys. And like I said, I've been on here a long time. I'm just going to go ahead and get off here. And I will see you guys next week. And we're going to get deeper in this topic. All right. All right. See you guys. Bye-bye.